And that's why I basically just helped so many people because I was like, all right, this is just an idea, but I know for a fact that this could potentially be bigger than it already is. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mentors Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Wetrick. Here on this show, we talk to luminaries from around the world to discuss their journey towards success and what wisdom they have to offer the younger generation. Each episode, we have on a new guest, a new story, and a new path towards personal success. I hope you're ready, and I hope you enjoy. Today, we're on with Jonathan Javier. Jonathan is the CEO and founder of One Salting, a career consulting company whose mission is to turn underdogs into winners. He looks to bridge the gap between non-target schools and non-traditional backgrounds to top companies. One Salting empowers students and professionals to pursue their dream careers and ambitions. They've hosted hundreds of workshops and events that make impact on tens of thousands of students and young professionals. So far, he's helped tens of thousands land opportunities in top companies. He's also worked in strategy and operations at Google, Snapchat, and Cisco. He has had over 75 speaking engagements in four different countries. Jonathan is a wealth of knowledge, and talking to him was a delight and relaxing experience. He shares details on how he started OneSalting, how he was able to work for these big companies, and he several times points to how his clients have been able to grow their network and obtain their dream jobs. So, without further ado, Jonathan Javier. Well, yeah, I mean, it's been, yeah, everything's been good. And I took a mental break from social media for a little bit because it was just crazy. Um, but yeah, I'm back, back in action. Yeah, I saw <laughs> I that on be. your. Yeah, I have yeah. to be. I have to be because on LinkedIn, like literally LinkedIn, is people always wonder, like, Jonathan, where's your LinkedIn post? So, I yeah. I saw that on your LinkedIn. I thought that was awesome. Like one of the things I really wanted to ask you is like, how like how have you done so well engagement wise on on LinkedIn? Because usually people are like, oh, you know, like, you know, just like and they'll get like really simple steps, which is like, oh, put things online, talk to people. But like you have a really great engagement, and you have like people that genuinely care. I read a lot of your comments on posts you make, and people are really engaged with you. So like. How have you been able to cultivate relationships with that many people and get that good of engagement? Yeah, I mean, it's been good. You know why? It's because I respond to every message, like literally every message. It's pretty insane. Mm-hmm. And I get hundreds of messages per day. But what I say all the time is if someone takes 30 seconds to send me a message or 30 seconds to send me a comment, then I should give them 30 seconds of time. Because uh, I remember mm-hmm. still being a student, which was like three years ago, and I was sending out these messages and commenting on people's things and people wouldn't respond and I'd feel lost. I'd feel like, wow, I'm not doing anything right. When in fact you are doing something right. It's just that some people just, they don't make time for it. And I think that's, what's really built a lot of the engagement specifically on LinkedIn. Cause I'll usually get around a hundred thousand views per post, which is pretty good considering that I have like 37,000 followers, which is pretty solid too as well. I only had like, 15,000 followers like two months ago and then it grew about 22,000 organically. Oh, yeah. And I, uh, all organically. I didn't buy any followers like some people. Sorry. No, no, uh, <laughs> no dissing you guys, but <laughs> Did you, like what? So when you, when you were growing and when that was all organic, were you posting every day? Cause some people like are like iffy on that. They're get upset. Yeah. So at first I only did like weekly. So I was doing it weekly. And then I realized that what happened with COVID-19 is that everybody was staying at home. And so the algorithm was changing very significantly 
And that's when I ramped it up and I was like, okay, let me go try twice, twice in a week, do twice in a week. And then they did really good. And then I was like, okay, let me do three times a week, four times a week. And that's how it all got started. So I usually post about three to four times a week now, right when I came back, I've only posted like once this week, but still it's gone into a rhythm because what I try to do is teach strategies that nobody teaches yet. They're so effective and so simple. I think that's what people like about my content because it's just very simple. It's like dumb. It's all, not dumb things, but it's like makes you feel dumb because it's so easy. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's what we need. Like we need the simplicity. I, I, you know, I love a lot of the content creators out there. I enjoy their work, but sometimes when you're just, and I'm guilty of this too. Like sometimes when you're speaking a bunch, you're going to get just too much into the words. You get too much into their tone of voice. You don't really remember what they say. You just kind of pass on. So when you have like literally one of my biggest mentors in my life right now, Jamie Mustard talks about blocks, which is the, you know, like literally toy blocks that little kids use. Kids love blocks because they catch the eye and they're this big thing that you can hold and it meet and it, and it means something like the letter A is on it or a duck is on it. And they're like, Oh cool duck. And I can hold it. And I'm going to bet that you do the same thing of like, Hey, here's this big, simple idea that I can put in your face. And people go, Oh, thank goodness. It's right in my face. Cause I needed that. That's simple. And that's easy. And I'm going to stare at it for a little bit and I like it. And now I'm going to move on. And like, <laughs> and I think that's why you're like, you've been really effective. And when it comes to those tips, like, do you always have those in your back pocket or are you always trying to like think of new things every day to push? Yeah. I mean, what I tell people all the time is my content takes me about 15, 20 minutes to make. And it's crazy because they just come to mind. It's just through observations and also through things that I've been through, especially through the job search. Because when I was a student or when I was a young professional, when I was searching for a job, I remember applying to hundreds of those jobs and I would never receive a response back. And that's when I learned, like, you can't simply just apply to roles. You have to utilize LinkedIn or you got to utilize some different strategy to get to where you want to be. And yeah, I mean, that's why creatively always thought of these different ideas i i feel like i have so many in my back pocket but it's actually in the back of my mind like i don't really write them down and like make scheduled posts i just make them super sporadically and randomly usually around mid-morning <laughs> so if anyone wants to check out my content mid-morning it'll pop up that's awesome no i appreciate and you know when you're bringing up like i i've dove into i've dove into your story pretty well of, you know, where you were in life. And I love the message of your company, you know, turning underdogs into winners, turning people that you wouldn't necessarily think would get anything out of life into significant positions or significant roles in companies, or maybe going off on their own. And, you know, what was your experience like coming from a non-traditional background and a school that not a lot of people, you know, turn their nose up at, or maybe they did, uh, and, you know, work at Snapchat, work at Google, work at Cisco, all these fantastic places. Yeah, it was difficult because mm -hmm. the school that I went to, they didn't present any of those opportunities. So I had, to, I had to create those opportunities for myself. And I didn't really learn it in school. I just learned it from doing my own research. But then I also learned that what I was passionate about in school, that's the one thing that I could say because my passion was helping people. So yeah, throughout college, I always tried to help as many people as I could, especially in their careers. Like I still remember I helped people get into Goldman Sachs from UC Riverside and I never even got into Goldman Sachs and that was my dream company in quotations but I know that there was a different path for me and 
that's when I was basically like, okay, like, let me go strategize and find out different ways of how I can get in my career and how I can help other people do the same. So I just use LinkedIn. Actually, I've gotten all my jobs through LinkedIn, LinkedIn message, LinkedIn content, LinkedIn personal branding. So it's just been through those specific things and it's been great. And the reason why I've worked, because people always ask me, Jonathan, why have you worked at Snapchat, Google, Cisco in three years? The answer to that question is because I want to work in each of those companies to learn the processes of each one because there's startup software hardware, which is all the tech companies or the tech, the tech scene, and then just learn about how they recruit and then implemented it all into consulting. Because I don't think anybody would feel like I'm legit if I'm a career coach, as they say, people term me that, or someone who helps in the careers if I've never worked in Snapchat, Google, or Cisco. Like, that's why I don't understand sometimes because I know some people are career coaches, but like, have you ever worked in any of these companies that people are trying to get into? Maybe not. So that's why I told myself, okay, let me go work at these companies first and then show them that if I can do it, they can too. Yeah. It's just like, it's legitimacy. You have the credibility and you're like, Hey, top companies that you're wanting to get into been there, done that. And I, and that is a, it is a huge part of your appeal. And what you said when you, you know, when you were a student and you were growing, something really interesting kind of caught my, caught my ear. You said like student on one hand, but then personal branding on LinkedIn as another. And I don't, and that, I think that's going to be the hardest part for students to take on. Cause like, you know, they're gonna be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm just a kid. One, I'm just a student. I'm not doing anything. So how do I personal brand my quote unquote nothingness or professionality on LinkedIn? What did you do as a, as a student to help? Yeah. For, for personal branding, you can do anything. Like you can create your own project. You can attend events and go post about them. There's so many things that you can do to build your personal brand, which it doesn't even have to be about your experience. It could be about random things. So yeah, when I was in college, what I would do is I just post about a story in regards to an event that I planned, or I talked about a conversation I had with a professional or a recruiter. The reason why I did this is because I knew for a fact that I had nothing to lose, but everything to gain, especially with creating content. So the reason why I talked with professionals and recruiters and posted it on LinkedIn was because let's say I'm talking to someone at Deloitte and I post about them on LinkedIn and that person likes and comments on it, what happens is that Deloitte professional, all their connections will see my post and then I go add them on LinkedIn and I have the same conversations with them. That's mm-hmm. what I always try to do that. And then also for the events too as well. For the events, what I would do is I tag the people who I set up the event with, but then also I tag the people who spoke because I knew for a fact that maybe they would like and comment on it and then their whole network sees it and then I go network with them too as well. So everything is very strategized in regards to personal branding because people then thought like, Oh, this guy, Jonathan, all he does is career development things, which I do. Like, honestly, like in, yeah, too many professional development things. I didn't even go out that much. I just did all professional development mostly. How'd you find it? Was, uh, was all this like around your school or close to your college at the time? Yeah. So I got involved with a lot of professional development because of alpha, which is the association of Latino professionals for America. So I got super involved with that. Uh, because they really motivated me to learn more about my career. And then also they always helped so many people in getting to theirs. The reason why I actually first joined that group was because I wanted to work for big four and I thought they had the best chance. Mm-hmm. In fact, I never got into one of those, but Dang. yeah, I mean, that's how I basically kind of found my passion just from, 
helping people who were near UCR. Like UCR, I, I love helping UCR. I mean, I have some people who like me, some people who don't. That's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's life. That's life. And you know, just the you know, just the passion of helping people has taken you so far. You know, it, it really struck my it really struck a heartstring when you're like, I helped someone get into one of my top career positions and I didn't get in. Like, mm-hmm. how, what what was that like? You know, just really dedicating yourself that much to other people, and then now having a whole company dedicated mm-hmm. to helping other people, other young people just like yourself and in your past situations. Yeah, it feels great. Like, it's all been an idea in the beginning. And that's why I basically just helped so many people because I was like, all right, this is just an idea, but I know for a fact that this could potentially be bigger than it already is. And that's what I always thought to myself. I'd always be like, okay, like I'm doing this for free for now. And later on, it's going to be something. And that's what you have to do nowadays. You have to believe so you can achieve and believe in your product because if you don't, then who will? And that's what I basically did. And yeah, I, I, right when I started consulting, actually, I was doing workshops for free. I would drive to different schools around SoCal, drive there and do the workshop literally for free, not even on the company money. It was on my own money. But that's how much I loved helping people because I just I just really like doing it. And that's why I tell people follow their passion because if you follow their passion just like that, then you can figure out how do you monetize it? How do you make it into something that becomes a full-time role? And that's why I'm happy to be going full-time with it next month oh that's awesome uh, wait what were you so what were you doing currently so if part oh, one, think part cisco so yeah i've been working in tech so yeah the goal was to work in the snapchat google cisco and then leave so basically work in startup software hardware and then leave after. okay and then you're still with cisco and then till until the next yeah, month and you're taking off exactly that's so exciting exactly that's so exciting. So, my dad literally did something similar he this was actually this was his no this summer, I guess you could say, was his first summer of, of not being a school teacher anymore, of like doing his nonprofit full time. And it was a giant shift. Like, what do you, how, how are you feeling about the whole shift of going on consulting full time? Oh, it's good. I mean, I'm super excited for it. Like COVID-19, like if I'm being real, it's helped a lot, especially with consulting because we have grown significantly, like over 800%, which is incredible, Whoa. like following. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited to be doing it full time because it's something that I really enjoy doing. Um, but you know, as your CEO and as a founder, I have to take responsibilities for a lot of different things. So I have to make sure that I have it all intact. So that's why I built out a team that advises me of what to do, et cetera, because I know that there's going to be, you know, there's going to be some challenges that come down the road, but if you have a support system that will help you through those challenges, then you will be just fine. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I've been basically doing for the past while. <laughs> yeah, I'm always really curious. I'm always really curious about how people have found their teams. Some people say, oh, it just fell into my lap. These are great people. And some say I deliberately, you know, chose them or found them out of their companies. How did you find your amazing team? Yeah, so for Jerry, which is my business partner, basically, is our COO. I found him on LinkedIn. Of course, LinkedIn, right? So actually, he's <laughs> the same LinkedIn strategies I teach people. I did the same thing to him. And then I reached out to him. He was actually the one who got me into Google. So I basically paid him back by having him do his first workshop, which was at UC Berkeley. And now we're basically business partners. Um, what I look for in my team, though, is basically like, number one, you have to be supportive. And mm-hmm. you have to 
be a true underdog turn winner. That's the thing. You have to be very dedicated to the mission because if you're dedicated to the mission, then everything else follows through. But if you're never dedicated to a mission of turning underdogs into winners and you do it just because you have to do it, then you're not going to be successful in the company. So yeah, I look for that supportive side in regards to the mission, but then just also the work ethic. Like I know for a fact that not a lot of people have the exact skills that are necessary to complete a job, which is okay. But the thing is, are you hardworking? Are you motivated? Can you learn after getting feedback? That is the question. The answer just relies on that person to deliver. Mm, I love that. I love the fact that you have that mission aligned drive. You have the worth that goes into it and then the follow through. Like I, that is, that is honestly a perfect team. <laughs> I want to give you credit for that. That is a killer team. And I, I genuinely hope to have that someday. And when you're talking about you know, underdogs to winners, I really want to know your process of doing that, you know? So when you have clients that come in, when you have these students that are saying, Hey, I have this untraditional background. I don't really stand out as much, but I know I have something of worth. How, uh, how do you take that student and get them their dream job? Yeah. So the meaning behind turning underdogs into winners actually came from the book, David and Goliath, or basically the, the passage from David and Goliath. So that's the reason why it came through. But yeah, how I help them is it's just so simple. Like it is very simple. I do a lot in regards to networking on LinkedIn because I teach people how to get jobs through LinkedIn without applying. Mm. Because what I tell people all the time is don't apply, get referred. And the reason being is because so many of these students, especially those from these non-target schools or non-traditional backgrounds, want to work at the Googles, the Goldman Sachs, the Deloitte's of the world. But the Googles, the Deloitte's, and the Goldman Sachs of the world, they just want students from target companies usually, or target, sorry, target universities, like the Harvards of the world, the Ivy Leagues. They're not going to go to a small school like UCR and go recruit from there unless they're extremely desperate, right? So <laughs> that's why I teach them, like, how do you specifically find these different jobs on LinkedIn and how do you find the hiring managers? Then how do you reach out to these professionals and recruiters? And then how do you get a referral? I think the referral part is extremely important because why would I ever get, like if I was a recruiter, why would I ever look at a thousand applications when I can look at 50 referrals to fill three of the positions that I'm recruiting for? It's mm -hmm. simple math. See, but you see that thing is super easy. Like it makes sense because as a recruiter, obviously I would not look at the applications. I just look at the referrals, but people don't know that. People think you send more applications, the more you'll hear back when in fact you hear, hear back from that. Yeah, because there was, um, like, again, my same mentor, Jimmy Mustard, he was talking about the concept of applying for jobs online. And he's like, yeah, like, people apply on jobs online all of the time, all the time. But it is almost impossible to get a response just through application alone. And it is, it's not, it's not even just simple math that you're talking about. It is literally, are you going to wade through the, not, it's not monotony, but they're going to assume it's this monotony of applications or are you going to, you know, look through the pile of people that, you know, the company already knows you're going to go for that. And actually, I'm really, I, <laughs> did Michelle teach you that method? Or did you teach Michelle that method of just the networking? Cause when she was telling her story, she was telling me about, she was connecting to people from um, like Nike and also Snapchat and she was networking 
through them to get job positions. So did you learn from you or did you? Oh, we probably, we probably both did it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> he always tells me that story too as well. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have the same story too. So we probably did it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. But you know, how do these, because again, they, it seems so unattainable, right? Even when it comes to direct messages, you can quote unquote, you you can try to DM a celebrity. That's what people are going to assume when it comes to Google and Goldman Sachs um, and just not expect a response. So how do you obtain that response? How do you make sure that that person is going to get back to you? Yeah, honestly, you just do it. Like the thing is, you just can't be scared of rejection. Like today, or actually this past week, I reached out to Gary Vee to be on our speaker series, right? And wow. so at first I thought it wasn't gonna, res- get it, gonna get a response, which is how most people feel, like you won't get a response. So what I did was I wanted to be different than everybody because I knew for a fact that people would send messages simply just sending messages. So what I did was I built out a deck of why he should be on the Sponsulting Speaker Series. Built it out gave it to him. I sent it to him through LinkedIn. And then his executive VP actually emailed me and is like, Hey, I saw your deck. Love to chat about it. And then, yeah, I talked with him on the phone last Friday and he was like, Oh yeah, like this seems like a cool idea. Blah, blah, blah. But then he couldn't come. I mean, it's fine. Like I just actually did learn today that he couldn't come, but it's just totally fine. Like I wasn't expecting him to come. Right. But you know what I did right after? Like when I look at rejection, I don't see it as redirect reject rejection. I just see it as redirection. So what I did was I reached out to the chief communications officer at Cisco and she said she's down. So I'm hoping she's down. I just sent her an email about it, but I think she is. Hopefully, <laughs> cross my fingers. We actually met in the elevator randomly. I randomly had a conversation with her. I didn't know she was the chief communications officer. That's how we got a relationship. I really want to. Oh yeah, go on. Oh no, but I was saying, but I was going to say like the moral of the story is like, just try, just talk to people like they're human beings. Like don't, see someone as like, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna be able to talk with them because you're CEO because you never know. Mm-hmm. I'm really, like, I really would like to, for you to elaborate on the rejection into redirection. Cause like, yeah, you got the note from Gary V completely fine in your mind. And then, so is it like, do you go to someone else? Do you, you know, do you try to connect with someone else in VaynerMedia? Like how, like, how do you approach the concept of rejection into redirection? Yeah. So what I always look at is like, how people look at rejection is sometimes they get discouraged. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, man, like, am I good enough for this? Or like, do people even like me? When in fact, that's only 1% of people who don't like you. 90% of people probably like you unless you're just a total mess up on, on social media or just in life. Right. Which I hope none of you on this are. So yeah, I mean, yeah. How I look at it is just like, okay, like if this person doesn't want me, like I'm going to prove that I can bounce back. So what I always say is only one step back and 10 steps forward. And that's what I did actually for this speaker series, this next one on this next Saturday, because like I was so mentally drained and I took a break two weeks ago because I was like kind of burned out for like three days. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to bounce back from this quotations rejection and then make the best speaker series that I can. And bam, I have 30 companies attending, partner with 15 companies to do weekly LinkedIn live sessions and then have keynote speakers and panelists, including my man, Timothy Delaghetto. I don't know if you know him. Who's he? 
You say oh, he's, he's with a lot of reverence. He's an Asian actor, uh, rapper from YouTube, and then he used to be on Wild and Out. Uh, we actually got him for the speaker series. He's gonna be on a panel. <laughs> no way! Is, are you like? Is is like a big? Is do you love him a lot? Like, is this some yeah, like a little bit of an idol? He's pretty, he's pretty funny. So um, my business partner Jerry was the one who was able to get him. Um, yeah, it's gonna be exciting. I mean, we and like just referencing the last question, like we thought we weren't gonna get him, but we just asked. Ask and you might receive. Dang, I I'm so excited for you guys. I have to I'll, I'll I have to go check out his stuff now. I'm really I'm really curious if he's that funny of a guy. I love entertaining content. Right, and yeah, it's you know like I said before, it's it just happened. It just happened. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just go out there. You just try. And I'm assuming that's what you did as a student all the time. Just you know, at that time of your life when you were just trying to get these interviews. Were you just asking, asking all the time? Or how did you approach those conversations? Did you say, hey, can you give me a chance? Or did you say something along, along, along the lines of like, hey, you know, you don't know me, but I want to be your friend. How did you approach all those situations? Yeah, so when I was a senior, I would actually mess up in these interview, interview conversations, like informational ones, as they call it. The reason why I'd say I mess up is because I would just go into the call without a call to action. Like my call to action was basically just getting to know the person, which is cool. Like it's mm -hmm. good to get to know the person, but people always taught me like, Jonathan, don't ask for help unless it's like the third call. But I realized after like two years later, I was like, man, I had 50 calls per week and I got like one referral from each of them. The reason why I didn't get a referral is because I never asked. What people think is that you will not get a referral if you ask. When in fact, why would every, anybody in their minds get on the phone with you for 30 minutes out of their day when they only have eight hours in a day, 40 hours in a week? Why would they ever get mm -hmm. on the phone with you if they didn't want to help you? It's just that you have to show them what you need help with. And that's what I realize nowadays when before, like last year, when I was trying to look for help for work or when I was trying to look for another job, that's when I knew I was like, oh my gosh, if I just ask someone for a referral, they'll give it to me. They like me. And how you can just ask is simply just saying, hey, you know, I saw this position on your website. I'm really interested in the role. How do I get an interview? That's all you got to say. Because you're not actually saying it straight up. You're saying, how do I get an interview? And how you get an interview is you get referred. Yeah, so, you're like, hey, can I talk to you about it? <laughs> can I know a little more about right? the position? Can I have a call? <laughs> That's it's awesome. A little ask. Yeah, is that how, what you recommend for most of your students to do? If they're wanting to yeah. try to get into other companies? Yes, I would 100% suggest it, like, if you can. Like, definitely talk to professionals, but ask at the end, because you'll never know what they'll say. Hopefully, they'll say yes. Yeah. Dang, I hope they do. <laughs> I've been trying to teach a lot of my, uh, not students, but, like, a lot of my friends, a lot of my peers about LinkedIn, but it's such, I, they think it's a really intimidating platform, because, one, they don't know much about it, right? And, two, the, the supposed atmosphere is professional, right? They're like, well, I don't even know how to network with these people. If, uh, if I'm like connecting with CEOs, I don't know what to do. And half the time I'm scared because they're, they're bots and they say really weird things to me. Like, <laughs> how do you destigmatize and say, hey, student, it's, it's, you're going to be okay. And I'm going to walk you through it. And LinkedIn is, is not as scary as it seems. Yeah. So what I say is like shameless plug, but join Juan Solting's communities. So these people are so supportive of you. That'll help you, especially in your endeavors. But just being transparent and real on the platform, like, don't be fake. 
That's, mm-hmm. that's what I would say because just share, be transparent on it, be vulnerable because people like vulnerability and you'll find that you're not the only one who feels X amount of way. Like example, when people got laid off by COVID-19 or got their internships rescinded or offers, I tell people all the time, like post about it on LinkedIn because you never know who might pick up on what you lost and use that as an opportunity to give you an opportunity. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. What well, if you're trying to make LinkedIn content, don't be scared. If you're trying to make LinkedIn content, make a LinkedIn post about this podcast today. There you go. Oh, snap. I love right? Now I'm here. That right. make, that right? mean everything to me. <laughs> that right? mean everything. Yeah. To me. I was going to say, yeah, definitely make a LinkedIn post about this podcast and tag, tag both of us and uh, tag Juan Salting too. Please do. Actually, did you get a lot of referrals? Well, not referrals. Did you get a lot of traction when COVID-19 hit because everyone was losing their jobs and, yeah. and not getting their internships? Because like I was there. It was so, I was so mad. I lost going to the UN because of COVID. And then I lost my internship uh-huh. at Raytheon because of COVID. And I was so mad. And then the third, inter- the second internship I could have gotten was like, oh, we can't bring anyone in because of this. And I was like, ah. So now I'm uh, stuck doing online classes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like business picked up a ton because of people losing their jobs, which is, you know, it's it's unfortunate that they lost their jobs, but of course we're here to help. Yeah, it grew significantly. Like in March, we were about 2,500 followers, and now we have about 11,000, which is incredible. Like that yeah. is huge growth. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've become a really big face, especially in career development, which is absolutely amazing because a lot of people look up to us and will come to our events. I think what really sparked it was number one, we did a one Sulting paid forward, which was recognized by George Anders, which is a senior editor at large at LinkedIn. And he shared it with people and yeah, we were able to get that up and running. And then the second part was our speaker series where we brought some amazing speakers and people went to it. Um, and they enjoyed it to say the least. So we were actually kind of the first movers, as I say, because you see a lot of people now doing these things, but we were, if I'm being real, we were probably the first movers to do this because for me, I always think, what can I do that everybody else is not doing? Mm -hmm. Because I want to be the first one in because if I'm the first one in, then I you dominate the field basically, but I don't see competition. Right now I see community building, but like if you want to dominate the field, you got to be the first mover. Yeah. Do you see, what do you see, what do you see in the future? Like if you're always wanting to be the first fantastic, do you see any, any upcoming trends that you might want to jump into? Yeah. So I'm actually trying this out. It's kind of funny. The speaker series, I have a magic show. No way. Yeah. Like who the heck has ever seen a magic show on LinkedIn? Nobody. That's the answer. We're doing the first <laughs> one. Um, yeah. Okay. yeah. I, mean, I just, honestly, I just try the most random things and I just say, okay, is, does this work? Does this not? Okay. If it doesn't, move on. If it does, woohoo, let's go. Let's keep it going. So, um, yeah, I mean, some different trends that are happening right now. Number one, people are posting, which is cool. Some people are posting a little bit too much, but it's okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, yeah, people are posting on LinkedIn, which is great. Some people are posting spam, which is like fine. Like, I mean, I always try to spice things up. I think that some people just post just the post when in fact you shouldn't post the post. You should post if there's value in your post. Mm-hmm. I was going to read it or no one's going to look at it or engage with it. There's nothing valuable in it. So um, that's what I see a trend in as well. Another trend I see is, and I just started with us too as well. Like a, a, we have a light bulb next to our name, Jerry and I, I told Jerry one day, I was like, let's just put a light bulb next to your name and see what happens. Now everybody has light bulbs next to their name, which is cool. Oh. cool. They're, like, they're called the light bulb crew. I don't know. We just made it up. And then, yeah. And then last but not least, another trend too as well is, 
people are making their own hashtags, which is great too. So people can actually follow each other. Like uh, one of my, my mentees, both my mentees, all, all my mentees have hashtags, uh, which is cool, right? Because that gives you that personal brand around who you are. Yeah, and they can just immediately find all of your stuff if all your posts are exactly. under that. Exactly. That is interesting. I didn't know you could do your own hashtags on LinkedIn. That's kind of hilarious. I'll start okay. looking into that. Which ones have you seen that are kind of hilarious? Yeah. <laughs> um, so mine is JWoww, which is the same thing as Snooky, because Snooky took mine. No, I'm kidding. Um, mine is John <laughs> so J-W-O-W. The funniest one I've seen is this other guy did it. He's, he's, a, he's a fan of Juan's whole thing. He did HWoww. Which I don't know what H well, I don't know what the H is. Like it's just H well. But I don't know if he knows what the J is in J well. It's Jonathan Words of Wisdom. His name doesn't even start with an H, so I was kind of confused. But anyway, so yeah, it's. Yeah. Is he trolling so, you or no? <laughs> I don't know, but if he has it. He has H well. I was like, okay, cool with me. Whenever you have those uh, mentees or those clients, I think one thing that would really concern me would be if my major, especially if you went to college, if my major didn't correlate with the job that I wanted. Like, hey, you know, I come from a psychology degree and I liked psychology at the time, but I don't, I I can't find anything in the market at the moment, but I would really like to work for X tech company, or maybe I would want to be a chef somewhere. And I have no idea how to even get my foot in the door because I'm not culinary trained, nor am I a tech guru. How do I get in? Yeah. What I say is your major should not define you because I do finance Mm. and I do strategy now. So they didn't have a strategy major at UCR. Like, yeah, your major shouldn't define you because for example, would I hire someone who has experience in strategy and operations, building companies, et cetera, or would I hire someone who doesn't have any experience, but just has a, has a psychology major, right? Like obviously I'd hire a strategy and operations person. If it's a strategy and operations role, right? So, um, yeah, just just know that your major doesn't define you. And how you get experience is you literally make your own experience. Like, yeah. people don't understand this. You just make your own experience. Because people always tell me, Jonathan, I don't have experience in Excel. Well, I don't have experience in SQL. Well, I'm like, go make your own project right now. Make a project. Go to a local business. Go ask them if they need help with something. If not, just build your own project that's tailored directly towards the skills that you need to be stronger in. And then you put that on your resume and just be like, hey, I did a whole entire analysis project specifically on, I don't know, books, whatever, right? And then you can add that onto your resume. And then that'll show that you have the experiences. Dang, that's really cool. And then because it doesn't have to necessarily be in a job field, right? Because I think the big scare for everyone is like, oh, you know, I'm fresh out of college and I need five years experience to get in this job, but no one's going to hire me for the job because I don't have five years of experience. Is that the, do you handle that in this in a similar way when it's like really career based or do you handle it on a small scale when it's like, I need help in Excel. I need to know how to work Microsoft tools. things like Yeah. That. I mean, if you just graduated and you see a five-year job, you probably shouldn't apply to it anyways, because it's a five-year job. It's probably a media manager role. Um, yeah. I mean, what I try to do is focus on uh, why well, I would do one big project and focus on and put the specific smaller skills into the project. Like, how I got into Snapchat and I talk about this all the time is it's because I made a project in class that used Snapchat technology and that's how I did it. And then I went to the interview. That's how I got the initial interview. And then I brought it to the final interview and I presented it to them without them even asking. Yeah. So we had a case study and then I brought, I bought a yellow folder because Snapchat's yellow, put all my stuff in there, 
and then I went to the interview and then like I did well in the case study and then they asked me how I did so good and I put my yellow folder on the table and I was like I done this already in your past experiences they walked out guns blazing yeah <laughs> just because it only took two hours it only took two hours to get a job after that like literally no way you need to put that up you need to put it on the internet somewhere like your actual project you did right the story right I, yeah i think i needed to i did what I, I put my project up specifically for deloitte because that's how i got interviews at deloitte i just made a big for research project that would connect me with people from deloitte that's awesome and speaking of like and speaking like of your of your projects and things you've done out of all of the uh, articles you've written the one that st- the one that stood out to me the most was the airplane conversations one oh yeah that one made my day that one made my day because like i never shut up on airplanes they're my favorite thing ever i just get stuck next to strangers and i like i i love it (laughs) airplanes honestly the best like if you think that you're sitting next to someone that could be potentially an opportunity just start a conversation it doesn't hurt like you're gonna be stuck with them anyways for a few hours that's what i always tell myself or it used to be a fun story there was one time when i was uh when i was on my flight to switzerland I was stuck next to this girl and I was asking her like, you know, why she was going because we're both from America. And she was giving me like, like the love story of a century. Like it was fantastic. She's like, we met online and he's perfect and he's amazing. And we've been talking for like so many years and I haven't seen him in person yet. So here I am being a fantastic woman flying across the seas for this man and hopefully we'll have a house. And I was like, I was like, this is fantastic. Like I was, I, I was just, I was reading her on in the, in the seat next to me. I was like, you're fantastic. And she's like, I know I'm just living my dream life. <laughs> like, it's like romantic story. Oh, God. Oh, it made me, it made me laugh. I wonder and what then, happened at the end of that. I, I, I really want to know. I didn't get to see her on the flight home. I checked. <laughs> so maybe she found him. Maybe she stayed with him. That'd right. make my day. Hopefully, hopefully. What are your favorite parts about planes besides like, you know, have, having the talk to see if like they could be a potential prospect? Yeah. I mean, Interesting about playing. I, I love traveling. Why well, I, I was traveling a lot more because I want consulting because a lot of these universities wanted me to come speak, but now it's been on hold. Right. So I like that part of, of flights because I, I just love traveling different places because when I was young and when I was also in college, like young in college, I wouldn't travel anywhere. I wouldn't fly anywhere. I wish I did. I'd always make an excuse. I couldn't afford it. When in fact, mm. I mean, I could potentially afford it. You just got to work for it. Right. I just had it in the wrong priorities. Um, so yeah, I mean, I love that part, especially with the traveling aspect, because if I can travel, like man, traveling is amazing. Like, I can't wait to travel again when everything is all said and done, because that'll just be a lot more fun. Honestly, where do you want to go first? Like where have you, where, where, where's like peak destination? Yeah. I mean, I think that I would want to go to Philippines and go check out my homeland. I think that'd be really cool. Cause I haven't been there in like 10 years, nine years now. I've never been. I've heard it's fantastic, though. Mm, it is. It has one of the su- new seven wonders of the world or something. Jonathan, seriously, this has been one of the most uh, relaxed podcast episodes. Like, you were just you just give a lot of good energy. I really, I've really enjoyed this, and I think you'd be fantastic to work with. Like, if any young person is listening right now, not knowing how they want to get the job position they want to get, <clears throat> go to one salting. Like, <laughs> I, you know, if, if anything, like, this is, I'm, I'm glad it's a huge promotion. Because I had so much admiration for your business from the start. So seriously, like, where can everyone find you? Talk to you, your team. Find One Salting besides OneSalting.com. Um, and I'm like, seriously, I've super enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. Shout out to Michelle Kwok. You're the best, Michelle, if you're listening. 
Um, yeah, <laughs> definitely find me on LinkedIn. Please uh, let me know if you found me on this podcast by sending me a personalized invite. And then also make a LinkedIn post in regards to what you learned. I mean, maybe you learned something that could help you in your career. And then also, yeah, wantsulting.com. We also have uh, resume revisions, LinkedIn strategies, job opportunities, interview prep as our services, which can be inquired at hello at wantsulting.com. And then if you guys want to partner in terms of workshops or events, partnerships at wantsulting.com. Jonathan, seriously, once again, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this interview series. I would love to know some of your best takeaways. You can find me easily on LinkedIn or Instagram just by searching Ava Wetrick, and I'll happily get back to you and have a conversation. If you really enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a rating in iTunes. That act will compound in ways that I can't even imagine. As you have just found a mentor here, go out into the world and see who you can be a mentor to today.